The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfy with Remax, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamperin. Hey, good morning. Uh, there's something extra in your coffee this morning, Rob. You are energetic. Oh, I was just hyped on that one. I don't know what happened to me. I just had a burst of energy for some reason. Well, it must have been a good uh, week. It's the, it's the coffee. It's the coffee. There must have been a little bit of it, a little bit, a couple of extra beans of caffeine in that one that I had. So I don't know. I full, don't know. Full blast Arabica beans on uh, on display. Yes, this is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. You've seen the billboards all over the place. You've heard them on the radio. You've seen them on TV. He's everywhere on social media as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Rob Golfie is the handle. Call Canada's number one REMAX team today if you're selling your home, if you're buying a home, 905-575-7700. Online, the hottest listings in town at robgolfi.com. That's robgolfie.com. Hey, if you have a question for the Golfie team, and we do have a, a, a listener email that we're going to get to in uh, a little later on in the program regarding overbids, but if you have a question or even a topic idea you would like us to tackle on a future program, Send us an email, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. And if you haven't done so already, download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Lots to talk about today, including October real estate stats. A little bit of a dip compared to September, but way different from October of 2019. We'll also talk about backyard hockey rinks which are uh, making a splash, or I guess uh, more than a splash, because you don't want to splash if you're having a backyard hockey rink. But we'll begin with a uh, unique topic, and that is when the buyer and seller are talking to each other. And obviously you don't want this, Rob, because especially before the deal is done, because, well, things can go awry. Oh, absolutely. So I had a situation where, um, I, I, and this is a client of mine, wanted to meet with the, um, the buyer. And we said, no, 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 you can, you can meet with them. Like he met them once. Right. And, but before he signed the deal, he had the deal in front of him. He goes, I want to meet with them and talk to them. So I arranged a time I said, and I said to the other agent, I go, I don't like doing this. This is not something I, uh, I like doing. I've never done this. They should not meet but there was no other way this deal was going to get done. And, and normally you try to get the deal done, sign it. And then you don't mind them talking to each other, talking about the property, you know, where different things are, what, how this works, how that works. But my client, the seller wanted to meet with the buyer with the contract there to go over it. So we, we sat down, we met, we're there. Uh, Rick, I was there for five hours. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, so, and, and the other agent, the other agent 
is like, what's going on here? We need to get this signed. And I kept telling, so I have a very, very, uh, not a temperamental, but very delicate personality to deal with when I'm, when I'm, when I'm with my client. So I have to be very careful. And, and the other agent realized that I, I had a client that was, you know, a little, a little bit, we have to be careful what we say and what, and what we do. So anyway, um, we're there and I, and I said to my client, uh, I said to him, I said, look, I, I go, these people want to know tonight. <laughs> this is like around 10 o'clock after I got there at six thirty. Um, I, and I said to him, I go, look, they want to know that they have a, a place to buy. Like they don't want to go, like they don't want, they don't, we don't need to know everything about this property. Now we need to know after they know they got it. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. He wanted to take them for a walk around the property. It's, you know, it's a two acre parcel. And, and I'm saying to my client, listen, let's stop. And he goes, Rob, let me do what I want to do. And I'm like, okay. So here we are, both the other agent and myself waiting. And, he, and, and, and the thing is the buyer, the wife uh, was getting mad at the husband because the husband was talking to the seller. Like they're both, we just, we found out they're probably both the same type of personality. That's why they got along so well. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, secretly we're going like this to the, to the wife saying, tell your husband to stop reciprocating in the conversation. Just end it. Just don't ask questions, ask questions after. Cause I mean, everybody wanted to go home. Like, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, everybody wanted to go home and we were upset about this. So, so the seller was going around saying, Oh, this is how this works. This, he would tell us stories about, you know, what he did on the property, tell us stories about where he lived and in different parts of Ontario. He told, it was just going on and on and on. And then at one point, um, he got hungry. So he started making food upstairs. Wow. So we had to go upstairs and sit with him and he started, you know, cooking some stuff and, and he made us some food and, you know, just say, hey, try this, try that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Rick, um, it was a long dragged out night. Holy cow. And, um, so they left that night, the buyers and the seller didn't sign the con. He says, oh, I want my lawyer to see it. And I says, we can put a clause in there for your lawyer to review it, but let's, let's get this thing done. And, and here's, here's the kicker. We got 160,000 more than the asking price without being in competition. Wow. And I said to my client, I go, you're not going to see this number. I, I said, you're not going to see this number again. If we don't sign this, these people are going to think that they're not, they're not going to get this. They, like they don't, they, they're not sure, you know, they want to know they have this place. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this was Friday night. And, and I said to my client, I said, you know, that every day that goes by, they're worried that, that one, that you're never going to sign this. So he said, he's going to see his lawyer on Monday and Tuesday I was going to meet with him. He was going to sign the paperwork. Well, guess what? I call him Tuesday and I tell him, I go, you know what? Uh, I says they bought another property. They're not, they're not interested in this property anymore. And, uh, and you could tell, you know what, he was a little frustrated. And, uh, and I said, I said to him, I go, why are you making it so difficult to sell this property? I go, I, I had you great money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, the value you got way more than, than market value for this thing. And, and you, you lost it. And I, and I go, I hope this doesn't reflect on my, you know, working. Like, I mean, I got him 160,000 more and it wasn't in competition. So anyway, um, I'm probably, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this listing to tell you the truth, uh, Rick, because I, I can't go through something like that again. Hmm. Um, first of all, 
it's a big no-no. You don't let the buyer and seller meet before you get any contract signed. So that's a big no-no. I knew that if I didn't, and, and again, I'm dealing with an eccentric type of personality. There was no other way. And I told the other client, the other agent, I said, listen, we got, we're not going to get this deal done unless they meet. Well, we didn't get it done anyway. So either way it didn't work. It, it, it was our, our last resort to have the meet. And, uh, cause, and he wouldn't sign anything unless he met them. So was, that was kind of the case about it. But, um, but Rick, um, it was, uh, a, a, an experience that I never experienced before. And same thing with the other agent. He was very good. Uh, we both, uh, you know, uh, ended up talking on the phone after everything was said and done. And we both were congratulate, like congratulating each other saying how, patient and, and, and good he was and dealing with this. And, and same thing with me, we we're both saying, you know what, you were great to deal with, even though we didn't put a deal together, but I have to say he was the agent I was dealing with on the other side was a class act and, uh, he was patient and he saw what I was going through and dealing with. And, uh, it was, it was, it was a tough situation. So I don't know. It was a person. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure, uh, the type of personality I got to know him way more that night. Uh, even after the, the other people left, I was there for an, another hour. And, uh, but Rick, again, you don't, you do not normally have your buyer and seller chat and try to deal with things prior to the contract signing. You don't, uh, either way, if we didn't do it or did do it, it, uh, it, it wasn't going to happen because of, um, of my, my seller. It's just wow. a very difficult situation so uh, did, and, uh, and a very eccentric personality I was dealing with. Did you get the feeling that the buyer, or pardon me, the, uh, yeah, the buyers got a little spooked? The buyers did get spooked because part of this deal was uh, the people were able to move in at the end of November and there was a big shop on the property and the guy was going to be able to have two months to remove his stuff from the shop. So they would own it, but the, but the, buy, the seller would still be on the, pro- the premises. They got spooked because this guy, he would probably bother the people that live that, that the new owners and probably it, it would be, he'd be on the property every day right. trying to remove, removing his stuff from the shop. But who knows what that might turn out to, you know what I mean? Like everything's in writing, but I mean, it took us five hours in one night to, to, and we got nothing done. Can you imagine if we, you know, like, <laughs> like it just wasn't, it, it, so the, so the, the other people, they realized, you know what, this may not be, uh, a, uh it, it's a great property, but it, it's, it, it may not be worth buying it off somebody that could be mm-hmm. a problem on the premises for two months after. Wow. How motivated yeah. did you get the sense that this seller is really to, to sell the property? He is motivated, but I, I, because I, he just kind of cannonballed his own deal. <laughs> he killed his own deal. He, he is motivated. Um, I and I don't know what to say. Um, he wants to sell, but and he's got all different prices in his mind. He, go, you know, he, he he goes every time I meet him, he's got a different price. So I, I, I think, um, I think, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's he's he's a different character, and uh, just have to deal with it and. Uh, and see what happens. But uh, I'm going to have a discussion uh, this coming week and, uh, and, and decide whether what I want to do with them. I have right. to take control of it now. It, it's, it, it just was out of control last week. Wow. Uh, when we come back, Hamilton Burlington real estate stats uh, slipping in October compared to September. And we also have a listener email from a fellow named Frank in Ancaster. We'll get to that when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. On the line with us today is Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. RobGolfie.com is the website that you want to go to to see the hottest listings in town. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Canada's number one REMAX team at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The handle is at Rob Golfie. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Past episodes online at robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. If you have a question for the Golfie team or a topic idea you would like us to chew on in a future episode, you can send us an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, we'll talk about building backyard hockey rinks. Apparently, a lot of people are getting ready for the winter season by doing just that. And in a matter of minutes, we will dissect some very interesting statistics from the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington uh, for the month of October. But we have a listener email. This one is from Frank in Ancaster. And Frank writes, would like to know how overbids on a listing is transpired when someone's asking price is offered exactly as advertised by a purchaser. Isn't the seller required to take that offer and close the listing to anyone else? Please explain the mechanics of how an overbid develops. So an overbid, we've, we've had quite a few of overbids in, in the past year, especially in the past uh, five to 10 years. Um, I know, I, you know what, and I don't know where people heard this, and it just seems that, you know, it must have started at one point or another. Um, let's say you list your house for $500,000 even, and, and somebody offers you $500,000. Now, people think that because they offered you the full price that you pretty well get it. You, you, the seller has to sign on the dotted line to say, yes, I accept this offer for it to be sold. Um, so it's, it, it's not, uh, it's, I, and I understand you offer them the full price and sometimes they change their mind. Uh, sometimes they want more. Um, but even if you offer them the full price of the house and, uh, it, they're not obligated to sell unless they sign on the purchase and sell agreement. Uh, and they both parties agree to that. Now, um, obviously when you have, um, you know, 10 offers on the same house and, you know, and you got five of them at 500,000 and, and, you know, another five at, you know, over 500,000, the seller decides to choose with his agent, which one is the best one. You know, they look at, you know, they, they ask questions like, you know, how's the buyer? Is he, is he strong enough? Does he have the deposit strong enough closing date work? Um, and he's the highest bidder. Uh, it's like anybody else. If you're selling a property, you want the most amount of money as you can and, and, and you take whatever the highest uh, price is. Again, unless the, uh, the seller uh, signs on the dotted line, it doesn't matter if you're full price or whatever. Um, you don't have to, uh, the seller doesn't have to sell. I mean, we've had sellers that there was no 
other offers and, and, um, and they, they've signed back over asking and, uh, and, and they, and they still, don't, and they still don't put a deal together. So even though you're asking 500,000 for the house or whatever price and you get the full price, it doesn't mean that you're going to get it. It's, right. it's up to the seller to decide whether he's going to sign on that dotted line. And if he does, then yeah, you've got the place, but you know, people, uh, you know, change, uh, their minds and, uh, and, uh, you know, anything can happen. So you can, you can give them exactly what you wanted and, and, uh, they could say no still. It's not like going it's to, the way to, yeah, it's not like going to a store and saying, Hey, that, you know, that, that, uh, whatever the item is, that, that thing is 10 bucks. I'll pay 10 bucks. And then I have it. Um, even though other, you know, there's many other people who want that same item, there might be, you know, similar items for the same price. Uh, if it's a home and it's $500,000, let's just say, and there's 20 people that have put together bids and they're all $500,000, the seller doesn't have to take any of them. That's right. That's right. And I've had that where I've had a full price offer and right, right there, I'm sitting at the table and they say, Rob, you know what? I, I, I think, uh, we're going to stay. And, uh, I say, I understand. I go, no problem. You know, and, uh, I don't hold them to it. I don't get upset about it. Uh, you know, I just hope that they call me, uh, when they decide to, to sell down the road. Uh, and it happens, it happens, you know, people, you know, sometimes it's an emotional thing. And when they actually see the actual number, the contract, the agreement of purchase and sale, somebody offering them money for their house, they actually go, Whoa, this is really happening. And, uh, so, so, and sometimes, uh, you know, they're, they're not ready for it. So they may have to wait a year. And 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 it's a lot of times, you know, sometimes it's, uh, children trying to get their parents to move into something smaller, more one floor plan. And, and, and I'll tell you a lot of seniors, they, they have a hard time, especially if they've been there for 50 years or 40 years. It's, that's their home. That's, that's, you know, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's difficult for, uh, for especially, uh, people to move. It's, it's a stressful moment. So, and, and because they're seniors, they're thinking, Oh, you know what? I know how long it takes me just to walk down the driveway, let alone to empty a garage. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's, you know, they're thinking, you know, that in their head. And I think they rather would stay there till they die. So somebody else can do it. You know what I mean? Their kids will will clean out the garage and, and all that. So, and the kids will still do it for them, but they just want, want their parents to be in a nice home. And sometimes, sometimes the, the, the parents, uh, you know, they'll back and say, no, I'm not ready. They'll kick and scream. And, uh, it, it becomes, uh, tough sometimes, but, um, but yeah, it, uh, it goes that way. The other part of this uh, issue, and again, we'd like to thank Frank for uh, his uh, for his email question. The other part of this issue is, and I'm not sure how much of this is going on right now, but there might be a home that you are selling as part of the golfy team, and you have a price in mind, and obviously the seller has a price in mind, and you might say, listen, we, we're going to hit that price, but we're going to list it just a little bit lower than that price to drum up a little bit more uh, interest, obviously. And uh, that, you know, they have that number in mind. And if that number isn't hit, obviously they're not going to pull the trigger on the deal. Absolutely. It happens all the time. We see houses that, um, that go on the market. They're holding offers for, you know, let's say, you know, four days, five days. And um, maybe there's only one offer that comes in and it's not coming in at the price that they expect it to. Like, you know, um, so they, you know, it just depends. They have to re reevaluate it and, and try to figure out, uh, what happened. It could have, and markets change week by week. So you could pick the wrong week and, and, and it could hurt. 
uh, it can hurt you. So it just depends on on the week. It depends on the house. It depends on the neighborhood. It, there's so many variables, and you got to really know uh, how to do that uh, when you're holding offers, and you got to be very, very careful. So let's go through the uh, October real estate uh, statistics from the Realtors Association of Hamilton, Burlington, because there's a few interesting numbers that uh, we're going to hit on here. Uh, number one, the uh, amount of sales last month, 1,615. That is down 7.6% over September. However, uh, nearly 24% higher compared to October of 2019. New listings down 12.8% over September, but 5.5% higher over last October. The average price for residential properties, and again, this is Hamilton and Burlington, $721,000 and change. That was up 0.02%, so virtually unchanged from last month, but uh, up nearly 20% from October of 2019. That is a phenomenal number. And uh, the number of active listings available at the end of October was 39.8% lower compared to the previous year. And and active listings are uh, listings that are still active on the market, obviously, right? Yes, yes. And you know what? I thought September was going to be the month where things were going to start leveling out. Uh, but it didn't. It was it was uh, October started it started you know cooling just a bit. Um, now the numbers that we're experiencing, uh, like October of this year versus October of last year, it's going to kind of you know if we go back to a normal you know without COVID and everything else, uh, it's it's going to make a mess with the numbers next year. Um, you know because we're going to look at next year's numbers in October and we're going to go, Whoa, well, how come we didn't hit those numbers, uh, in October? Well, because we had a delayed spring market that happened, that kicked into middle of summer. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we're going to be up, uh, from October last year because I mean, everything got delayed this year, but, but they're great numbers. The, the market's been great for, you know, anybody that's been selling and there's still a lot of good deals out there for buyers. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's gonna. It's. It, I'm really curious to see how next year's numbers are gonna be. Not that I want to age fast, but uh, <laughs> but I do want to see what, what what the numbers are gonna end up being uh, in regards to October to October and September to September. All right. So before we get into the specific neighborhoods, here's just a, a brief glance for uh, Hamilton and uh, well, we'll focus on Burlington as well because those numbers are uh, just unbelievable. So for all residential types, the average sale price in Burlington went from seven. $882,000 in October of 2019 to $892,000 in October of 2020. So an increase, obviously, of $100,000 year over year. In Hamilton, again, all residential types, uh, $545,000 in October of last year, 662 last month. Uh, here's a number that really struck me, actually two of them. Average days on market in Burlington year over year went down from 28 to 17 in Hamilton, it declined from 31 to 18. Uh, that wow. is unbelievable. Uh, it's it, it, it's amazing. Like how long? Like Rick? Like housing prices? What's going on? Eh? Like like uh, you know, people aren't getting raises. Like are people's wages increasing by 10, 20, 30, not by a hundred thousand over a year? <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's it, it's amazing. Like like I I know in Burlington, you know, it's they've got 35. 
at 35% more sales and they're up 13% in average sale price from year over year. That's, wow. that's crazy. That's crazy. So uh, this is all residential uh, comparison average price uh, by property style. We'll just focus on detached. In Hamilton, the average price of a detached home went from 595000 in October of 2019 to 726000 in October of 2020. That is an astronomical increase. And the new listings, and here's where we get into the supply-demand, is that new listings in October of 2019, there was 808 new listings that month. Uh, last month, there was 666. Um, so about 140-ish uh, difference. There, wow. there's, there's your supply and demand right there. Yeah, yeah, incredible, incredible. So let's go to so, the let's go to yeah. the neighborhoods because there are uh, increases across the board. Uh, Hamilton West, and we'll just focus on the number of sales, and then we'll get to the average sale price. Uh, number of sales, Hamilton West from 57 in October of 2019 to 84. Hamilton East went from 94 sales to 109. Hamilton Center, 125 to 134, so a little bit of an uptick. Big uptick on the mountain, 215 to 247. Uh, year over year, October to October. In Ancaster, went from 60 to 85 sales. Stony Creek, 101 to 153. Burlington, 277 to 374. Almost 100 homes sold in October of 2020 compared to 2019 in Burlington. Wow. And Grimsby, wow. also up from 56 to 77. Grimsby hit a new plateau because uh, in October of 2019, the average sale price was 643k. Now 699. So that might be the new the new standard. But increase, wow. yeah, increases in Burlington, Stony Creek, Ancaster, Hamilton Mountain, Hamilton Center, Hamilton East, Hamilton West, and these aren't slight increases. Burlington up 108,000. Stony Creek 141. Ancaster 81k. The Mountain 101. Uh, Hamilton Center, 99000 higher from October to October. And Hamilton East, $120,000 more. Wow. I know. I know. I know. So, you know, congratulations to all the homeowners out there. <laughs> the problem is if they sell, if they sell, they got to the buy winner. something they're else. The <laughs> they got to buy something else if they sell, though. I mean, they're, they're, it's going to be a lateral move unless they move somewhere else in the city or move to another city, right? Right. So anybody that's moving, um, they're moving because uh, maybe they're growing family or whatever. But um, but if you're going to move in this market, you will uh, you're going to end up buying in this market. So mm. if you're selling in this market, you're buying this market. So no matter what the market is, it balances out. So if you're selling and you're buying, it balances. Whether it's an up market or a down market, it balances out. You just don't want to be caught in between the two markets. You don't want to end up sell uh, buying in a high market and then all of a sudden the market changes and you end up selling in a low market because those margins they end up growing fast uh, big uh, big part so and we've seen that happen in 2017 uh, when uh, there was a big spike in early 2017 and then things kind of readjusted itself uh, halfway through 2017 and and we've seen some people end up selling or, or buying in a high market and end up selling when the market kind of adjusted itself back to normal. So you got to be careful with that. So you got to move quick when you're selling and buying at the same time. We got 30 seconds. Is there one uh, particular price that really sticks out to you? Uh, for me, it's the mountain, maybe because I'm on the mountain, but going from 509 to 610 on the mountain? The mountain is insane, and uh, it's probably it's one of the best 
uh, real estate markets in, in the Hamilton area. So for instance, the mountain, uh, it was, it's up 19, it's all, it's up 20% from last year, last October, 20% increase last year. Like it's, it's $90,000 or no, a hundred thousand dollars, $101,000. I always tell people, you know, you, you don't go wrong on the Hamilton mountain. You buy a house on the Hamilton mountain, you are going to build equity fast. All right. And uh, so you never go wrong there. So That's it's like winning, one of the hottest markets. It's like winning the lottery. Uh, it's like winning the lottery. When, yeah. we, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about open houses and backyard hockey rinks still to come as well. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio. On the line from One Markland is Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call Canada's number one Remax team today. Whether you're selling your first home or 10th home or buying your first or 10th, 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. Online, robgolfie.com is the website to visit that's rob g-o-l-f-i.com at rob golfie on instagram twitter check them out on facebook as well and download the hamilton real estate show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts if you have a question or a topic idea for the golfie team send us an email questions at robgolfie.com again that email address is questions at robgolfie.com and we will get to it on a future program um Open houses. Uh, interesting story. I think this was in the Toronto Star earlier this week, where Toronto area realtors have no plans to return to live uh, live open houses to sell property, even though the province is lifting some of the modified stage two COVID-19 restrictions in regions like York and Peel uh, and Toronto coming up on November the 14th. It's going to that color-coded kind of tiered COVID-19 system. Uh, Oria, the Ontario Real Estate Association, uh, saying that we continue to urge our members across Ontario to keep their clients and communities safe by using virtual tools, scheduled showings, and following protocols outlined by our guidance document. Uh, how many open houses, Rob, have you been to or or heard about even in Hamilton since the pandemic began, or even more recently? There are open houses happening. Agents, uh, you know. Um you know, they're doing the open houses because they, you know, op- two reasons. They want to sell the, sell the house and also they want to get some business because they know buyers are going there. Um, we only do open houses if our clients adamantly say, listen, I, I really want an open house. Otherwise, we do not push for open houses. Uh, I do enough uh, marketing on, on the online to get uh, a lot of people viewing their homes. Uh, but but we, I, I am seeing open houses being made out there by, uh, realtors. And, um, you know, uh, you, you know, it's hard to tell, you know, I don't know the, the relationship with their sellers. If, if it's more the agent that's pushing it or the, or the sellers are pushing it, 
but we only do them if our clients are really asking for us to do the open house. Is there and, is uh, there a I mean, is there a misconception about open houses from a seller standpoint? They think that you know there's going to be so many motivated people coming through their house that they're bound to get a deal done. You know, like open houses draws everybody. It draws a lot of unqualified people, uh, a lot of tire kickers. Um, you know what? You're buying, if, if a buyer is buying something, he's either going to book through the realtor that has it listed or he's going to call his realtor and book, and book it by appointment only. And, and that's the proper way to do it. Um, when you open up your house to strangers, you, you don't know. Like, I mean, you don't know what uh, these strangers are, are coming in with. What if they have bed bugs on them and all of a sudden now you're itching, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like you don't know. So, um, but I mean, if the client's okay with it, we do it. But the best way to do these open houses is, is online. You do a, a live segment and then, and then you show it on your, you put it on Facebook or Instagram and uh and you do uh and you do a live open house and uh, people are watching and if, if those people didn't watch you put it on there you, you'd be amazed how many people are watching it afterwards and you kind of walk through the house virtually and talk about it like like if you were actually uh, a buyer yourself you know you, and then we, you know we answer questions and things like that so um, you got to be very, very careful with open houses. And I, and I don't know, like, um, you know, where we are now in, in the Hamilton, Wentworth and Burlington area, uh, how many open houses are going on. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's no restrictions, I think, uh, in our area yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be, and there was in Mar- in, in April and, uh, and I think May, June things started turning around a little bit, but, uh, but it's, it's completely up to the, uh, seller of the home that, uh, would want an open house. Yeah, I like one of the quotes from uh, one of the realtors in this story, who's uh, obviously a Remax agent as well, and basically says open house open houses serve the agents more than they do the clients. It gives agents the chance to meet all the neighbors coming in and possibly get more listings, and it gives agents a chance to meet possible buyers. So if you're out there listening to the show, considering an open house, consider that it's probably going to do more good to uh, the agent or the person listing your home than uh, you as uh, as the seller. When we come back, yeah. we will get to uh, backyard hockey rinks. Uh, if you have a swimming pool in your backyard, you know how great that is. But a lot of people thinking, wow, I really want to make use of my backyard in the winter during the pandemic. How about a hockey rink? We'll get to that when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 chml One more go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Gelfie. 
Sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call Canada's number one REMAX team today at 905-575-7700. Check them out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the handle at Rob Golfie. Online for the hottest listings in town, robgolfi.com. That's robgolfie.com. And while you're at it, download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Before we get to the backyard hockey rinks, I mentioned, you know, whether you're, you're, you're buying or selling your first home or your 10th, the average client that you uh, deal with on a day-to-day or month-to-month or year-to-year basis, how many times have they been through this process? Are you seeing a lot more people um, on onto their third, fourth, fifth homes? Or are you seeing a lot more, uh, you know, buying their first home or maybe their second home? There, you know what? It's um, I find the older generation are sticking around a little longer. Um, the younger ones, um, they are jumping from, you know, uh, from their, uh, either their condo townhouse to, uh, a detached home. So if you're, if you're in a con- uh, apartment style condo, you're going to a townhouse from a townhouse, you go to a detached home and it just keeps growing from there. And, uh, but yeah, people are moving They're They're, uh, you know, it's, um, we have like, uh, it's like the market hasn't, uh, COVID hasn't affected the market at all uh, in, in people's choices of what they want to do in their lifestyle. It hasn't affected at all. And so people are doing what they want to do, you know, really it's, interesting. Uh, and yeah, it's, we're, we're at a, even though we're in an uncertain COVID time, but people are used to it now. So they, it's kind of like, we've kind of worked with it now and now we're just going on with our normal life and if we want a bigger house, smaller house, we're doing it regardless. Uh, Philip Golfie sent me an email a couple of weeks ago, uh, the subject line, backyard hockey rinks, exclamation point. And he says, we need to talk about this. The amount of people building backyard rinks this winter, similar to pools. We saw in the summer people either installing pools or really wanting to buy a house with a pool because, you know, amid a pandemic, they knew they were going to spend a little more time or a lot more time in their own backyard. And hey, if it had a pool, then, you know, bonus. And now people are building hockey rinks? Oh, Absolutely. Rick, uh, I know when my kids were young, I, I built a hockey rink and, uh, probably by my fourth year, I became a professional at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you know, you actually get to learn, uh, if, if you're very much into, uh, you know, outdoors and, and, the, and hockey and things like that. I remember when I moved from my house, uh, uh, may, like we're talking many, many years ago, my semi that had, and I built a hockey rink back there, but it had a, a little bit of an elevation. So, uh, making a hockey rink is, is, was difficult because obviously water levels out. Right. Mm, so yeah. the one end I had, I would have like a foot and a half of water and the other <laughs> end I would have, you know, six inches of water or four yeah. inches. So I had to put a lot of water in and I had to wait for it to freeze. But, uh, and then the next house I, you know, I was looking at, I was looking for more of a leveled backyard. Mm-hmm. I, I was so, and I did get it. And I, you know, I was make I, I probably made uh, ice rinks for probably a, a good 10 years uh, when the kids were young. Um, and it, I mean, it's like, you know, you're out there late at night, you know, watering it, getting it all ready for the next day and all that kind of stuff after everybody's been on it all, all afternoon. But, uh, but yeah, I, I would assume that, uh, you know, people are going to be buying kits and, and things uh, to make ice rinks. I remember I had all the boards. I had I had everything. I like Rick. I was like the the guy in the neighborhood that uh, that had the ice rink. And uh, and one time I built an ice rink because uh, I had a, uh, such a lo- long driveway. I did one, I did one in my driveway one time, wow. and people couldn't believe it. And I uh, set it up, and uh, it was pretty good because the driveway was more level than the backyard at the time. So <laughs> it it, uh, it worked out well. But but the kids had a great time. The neighborhood kids had a great time. 
my kids, uh, a couple of them ended up playing Triple uh, A uh, hockey, and and it was because they had all the ice time uh, they they wanted, and mm-hmm. right in their backyard or, or driveway or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I'm I'm sure there's people looking for houses that that it's got flat elevation in the backyard so they could put a big ice rink back there. And I'm sure there's people are putting them in right now, boarding up uh, and putting plastic in and, and filling it up, waiting for that first freeze. Yeah, we, we had a backyard uh, rink uh, when I was growing up, and it's just, you know, the, the, some of the best times you can recall. You can get all the ice time you want free of charge. Uh, and there were some times where, you know, you uh, yourself had to, uh, you know, water the rink because, you know, Dad was working late or whatever the case was. But, you know, great memories. I did see on Facebook earlier on this week, um, there's a home in Edmonton. It's actually a uh, semi-detached, and both neighbors basically tore down the fence because their entire backyard is a hockey rink, boards, plexiglass, logos on the ice. It is absolutely fantastic. True Canadian. Yes, that's it for is. Sure. Hey, we got to yeah, run. Rob, yeah. thanks for the time today, and uh, thank you for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. Don't forget, go online to robgolfie.com and call Canada's number one REMAX team, whether you're buying or selling, 905-575-7700. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.